Bibles to Luke 17. Hallelujah. Luke 17. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your kindness to us, Lord. Thank you for this time and your presence. What a special Lord, touch we've received in this house even tonight, God. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint your word. Help us, I pray, to God to deliver your word, but also to hear your word, to receive it, God. And and Lord, that you would just take it and make it so specific to each one of us, Lord, that we could leave this house fed, Lord, spiritual food, God, in our lives, God. Guide and direct us. In victory. We thank you, Lord. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Luke 17, I'm just going to read three words in one verse. Luke 17, 32 says, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. God bless you. You can be seated. Luke 17 is prophetic. And there are... A lot of questions sometimes from Matthew 24, Luke 17 about uh, what Jesus is saying. Because I really do believe that if you remember, he was they were looking at the temple and saying, look at this temple. And he's saying, it's going to come down. And they asked the question, when is that going to happen? And also, what are the signs of the end? So some of the things that Jesus is talking about happened in that generation. The temple was destroyed by Titus and his armies, just as Jesus had prophesied. Not one stone was still upon the other. But we here today, we're looking at some things that are happening in our generation and realizing we better be ready to be right with God. Amen. Amen. He says this, and I believe there is an application for them in that day that he's saying, when you see these calamities, when you see the destruction hitting Jerusalem, when God's wrath is going to be poured out and he's going to use the Gentile armies to do it, just flee for the mountains, get out of there and don't go back and, and uh, try to get as much as you can. Just save your life. And I believe that was... Uh, Certainly good advice, but I think there's more to it than that for our lives today. Because I believe every bit of the Word of God can be applied to us with wisdom and in the right way, if you will. Let it, amen? Rightly dividing the Word of truth. When you think back of Lot and his family, we know the story. I'm sure most of us are familiar. Lot, uh, family of Abraham and Abraham's blessing and Abraham's calling out from his land to follow God. And and God makes a covenant with him. God makes a promise to him that he would be his God and, and God would bless him and bless those that blessed him and curse those that would come against him. Lot in his family was blessed with Abraham, but there rose up in the blessings so much uh, cattle and so many herdsmen that they had decided to be better to part ways. And Lot chooses the well-watered plains of Jordan. He looks out and sees them so lush and so good for his own cattle and his own flocks, if you will, and, and he pitches his tent towards Sodom. Yeah. Lot at that point becomes uh, a lesson 
on how we need to, to be careful which direction we're going. Sometimes I know it's hard for us to, to really understand maybe when people are concerned, when maybe the preacher's preaching to us or trying to reach for us and saying, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it's not just so much sin, but you're, you're heading in a direction that concerns me. Amen. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. A lot of times. Destruction doesn't happen overnight. You know, when the devil sets a snare for you, he's got a plan to make it look good, to lure you to something that doesn't seem so bad. Isn't it what happened to Eve? Looked good. Looks like something that was harmless, I'm sure. The devil was very subtle in his his ways. And so, so, you know, to be careful, to be watchful, to be diligent, to, or vigilant rather, to keep our eyes wide open, be wide awake, because the enemy just tries to slip in sometimes like an angel of light. Yes, right. Amen. Yes, sir. And this is what happened to, to Lot. We could probably fuss with Lot all day long. We don't see it in the word of God, but certainly we've seen it time and time again. I don't know if this is a good idea. You're heading in a bad direction. Oh, come on. What's wrong with you? I'll be all right. Don't you trust me? Well, you know, there's just sometimes it's it's very obvious to see when somebody's heading in a good direction, getting farther away from danger. Amen. You know, I think you would be uh, talking about fathers and Father's Day. You would be very negligent to not get a little worried if your children getting a little close to traffic. Amen. When they get a little older, they hanging with the with the wrong crowd. Oh, you know what? Why are you always so worried? There's a, there's a, there's a surefire way to, to, to be safe. Stay as far away from danger as you can because you know what? As many times I've heard people say, I'm not looking for trouble. Trouble's looking for us. Right. Isn't that right? Amen. The, the enemy's walking, roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Amen. So Lot starts heading slowly towards Sodom and the next time you see Lot, he is, uh, he's a respected citizen of Sodom. Not something to be excited about. We see the sinfulness of that area, those towns of Sodom and Gomorrah. And God is saying it's enough and, and I'm bringing judgment to it. Because Abraham was praying. Thank God for the promise of prayer. Abraham's praying, saying, God, just spare the city. If there's, there's even ten righteous, will you spare it? You know how he kind of bargained down from 50. And, and I certainly believe he was, he was really mostly concerned about his family. And, but the angels go into town, and we know the horrible story of the perversion and the violence there. And, and, and the Bible talks about it throughout the, the New Testament. And, and uh Lot is is now being pulled out by the angels. Come on, judgment is coming. You got to get out of here. Get your family. And one of the most sad parts of the story is how he talks to he gets his daughters and then talks to his sons-in-law and says, "Come on, God's God's moving and God's God's done. God's going to tie this up, wrap this up and and end it. We got to get out of here." And his sons-in-law 
don't have enough confidence in him to say, hey, there's a man who talks to God. There's a man that hears from God. We need to stop what we're doing. And run. No, they, they, they said he sounds like somebody making a joke. Isn't that sad? You know, to live your life in such a way that when you do say, hey, God really did talk to me. And people say, come on. What are you? Are you drunk again? Are you high or something? Right? No, you're just joking around because we know. We, we've watched your walk with God. We don't have any confidence in you hearing from God a lot. But he did. And he gets his wife, he gets his daughters, and they flee the city. And the angels say, don't look back. Whatever you do, get out of there. I'm getting ready to destroy this town. This is, this is gone. This is behind you now. But something in Lot's wife. I know we might be able to try to overanalyze this, but I tell you, God, God, if he's anything, he's a reasonable God. And uh, something within Lot's wife mourned and wept for for something that God was trying to get rid of. God was trying to to wipe it out completely. This isn't who you are, Lot. This isn't who you are, uh, Lot's wife. This isn't this this is something I want to take out of you and, and and I've got a better plan for you. I've got more for you. Don't look back. But she does. She something compels her to stop and turn around and look back. And the Bible says that she partakes. She turns into a pillar of salt. Basically, she's partaking in the same judgment that's happening there in Sodom. Can I tell you that God's plan and God's purpose in every one of our lives is so much greater than our will and our ways that everything we rely on, everything we use to try to survive and to, to, to get by, and God has something so much greater. When he gets into our lives, he, you know, the first step is repentance, to turn away from an old life. To turn away from your sin. To turn away from, from all that you were. And God has saying, I've got, God is telling us, I've got so much more for you. Amen. Turn away from it. I'm going to bury all that. Uh, repentance is a turning. But then we, we come to the water and we bury that old life. Amen. That's not who I am anymore. Born again. A new creation. A new creature in Christ. Old things pass away. Behold, look, all things become new. All the, 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 the hurt and the damage of a, of a past life. That's not who I am anymore. That's why it's so exciting to, to know that we not only turn, but we bury that old life. It's dead now. I've got a new life. God's filled me with his power. Now I'm his child. I'm who he says he I am. I'm, I'm, I'm loved. I, I'm his child. Amen. Now I'm a part of that covenant that God's going to bless me like he promised Abraham. But so often the enemy tries to tempt us with that old life. You know, maybe we get a little farther away from the things of God. We kind of distance ourselves so much. We don't just stop going to church altogether, but, but our prayer time is a lot more rushed, a lot more distracted. Our time in the Word of God isn't that special time where we try to just really focus in on the Word of God. We, we kind of uh, are gravitating a little bit towards, more towards maybe, uh, you know, the, the, the things of this life, the 
people around us, you know, the people we work with become a little bit more uh, relatable than maybe the people in church after a while. Sometimes the old songs that used to get our, our foot tapping and, and uh, forget that it has nothing to do with Jesus and promoting things that are totally opposite of what he stands for. You know, it just it, it hits a little place and we get a little nostalgic for the past. Isn't that kind of like the children of Israel in the wilderness? Looking at a life that they were crying out to God, deliver us. I can't stand this anymore. But you know, after a while, if you lose your way in God, sometimes the devil tries to paint a picture of this comfort zone that you used to love so much. But, but you really didn't, did you? First John 2. First John. says, love not the world, verse 15. 1 John 2, 15, love not the world. I'm confident that this is really what was going on in Lot's wife and what Jesus was trying to warn us. The Bible talks about coming out from among them and being separate. But something that tempts us, something that tries to draw us back into an old lifestyle. Love not the world. Now, I want to make it clear, I, I, I know uh, most of us probably understand this, uh, that word love, or, or that word world actually can mean a few things. Um, uh, it's, it's not talking about this planet, right. amen? Right. It's not talking about earth, we right. don't love mountains, watch out. <laughs> don't love the sky and the streams and the field, no, it's not saying that, it's not talking about the planet. It's not talking about uh, it's not talking about people for God so loved the world. I love the whole world. I gave him gave my only begotten son. Don't you do it, though? No, it's not saying that. But this word world in this context is talking about the philosophies of this world, the culture, if you would, the, the 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 spirit of this world. Don't love the things of this world. Look what it says. It describes it very clearly. All, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You can't say you love God and love the things he hates. Well, what do you mean by that? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. The world passeth away. God's getting ready to... To end this whole thing and all the pride and the lust of it. Don't look back. Don't look back to that self-centered existence that really didn't have any kind of fulfillment in it whatsoever. Amen? The world passeth away in the lust thereof, but he that, he that what? Doeth the will of God abideth forever. God's looking to to give you a life that is fulfilled and satisfied. To give you a life that, that is greater than all the sin and all the wickedness of your past. And give you something that is a life that is an abundant life. A life worth living. Amen. A life that's an eternal life. Amen. Don't look back. Right. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. Right. You're going to be tempted. Amen. Yeah. You're going to be tempted. There's going to be some things that try to pull you back, and pull, and, but really just pulling you down. Don't look back. Don't look back. Jesus said in Luke 9, verse 62, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. 
book of Hebrews says it this way in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. I don't. uh, I try to be very clear. I know it is a very hot topic amongst those that call themselves Christians, at least that think it's just insane that you could somehow lose your salvation. They call it eternal security or once saved, always saved. I want to tell you, the Bible tells us we are able to look back and we shouldn't. We're able to draw back and and we shouldn't. But I I want to make it clear when I stand up and say, you know, uh, there's nothing that can ever take you out of the hands of God. But that doesn't take away your personal responsibility to say, God, I'm going to lean on you today. I want to trust you today. I want to, if you, if you, uh, start to grow cold in your relationship with God, that's going to affect your relationship. And God all the way is going to be drawing you and pulling you back, but he'll never take away your, your free will. Amen. Amen. But I don't believe it's in an eternal insecurity. I really do believe that every step of the way, God's reaching for you. I tell you, I've seen people fight with God and wrestle with God. And, and no, I don't want, you know, they've got friends. They've got loved ones reaching out. Just leave me alone. I don't need it. the love that is pointed at them and, and the prayers that are going up for them. They, they, don't, they don't be so awesome that people that care about you that much. Yet people harden their hearts, stiffen their necks in rebellion and I'm going to be fine. I'll be all right. Don't look back. Don't look back. Keep looking on in God. Second Peter. Second Peter two. Very serious statement in the word of God. Second Peter two, verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. How many times we've seen such tragedy? Don't look back. Don't look back. Keep pressing on. Keep being renewed. Keep... uh, Keep revisiting the altar. Keep on crying out to God and, 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 and refreshing your relationship with God. Don't look back. Amen. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog has turned to his own vomit again. That's, that's the Bible's idea of what our old sinful past is about. You know what Paul just said? It's, it's like dung. Yeah. Right. My old life. I count that old life. I thought it was. I thought I was living the life. I thought I knew everything. I thought I was so righteous, but now I, I count it dung. Yeah. It's loss. It's the dog has turned again to his own vomit, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. When your eyes are open and you recognize the damage that sin has done to your life, not only done in you, but also through you to others. And Jesus comes and shines his light in your heart and opens up that we can be now alive. Amen. We were dead in sins and trespasses, the Bible says. But now through him, we are quickened. We are made alive through him. And now we're seated with him. We've got that strength and that power in the spirit like never, like, like nothing we ever imagined. Don't look back. 
I really want to just take a little bit of time and not only just talk about how God frees us from sin, frees us from the chains of, of, of the darkness of our past, but a lot of the things that are associated with that old life, the hurt, the, 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 the depression, the damage that, that this world has done to our hearts and to our minds. God's wanting to destroy all that. Amen. 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 God's wanting to take you out of that and run away from it and run to him. Yes. Amen. Don't look back. Amen. Don't allow yourself to be identified with that old life anymore. Amen. Sometimes it's things people have said to you. Sometimes it's ways people have hurt you. Don't look back. That's not who you are anymore. Sometimes it's. It's tragedies that, that, that in our lives we never think we could ever overcome. We never believe that that could just be part of our past. It just becomes so much a part of our identity. Now you're a child of God. Just keep running to Him. Keep filling your heart with faith in what He has said and know that when the Son has made you free, He has made you free indeed. And don't look back. So many times... It's so sad to see people just so, so liberated, so, so free. The chains are now off of them and now they're experiencing joy. They're experiencing real love in the Holy Ghost, real, real God's, God's power in their lives. They're seeing something that they've never even imagined they could see before. See, we take for granted sometimes. I don't know how long some of us have, have really been saved, but you know, after a while, sometimes we forget how lost we were. We forget what it was to wake up in the morning with depression, with addiction. Amen. Looking for that first drink, that first beer, that whatever it might be. Amen. To try to just numb the, the senses of, uh, of just loathing our own lives. Can I tell you, I know not every day is just, just seated in heavenly places in our feelings. But you know what? We forget how good God has really been to us. Amen. We, we look around and we don't try to be judgmental, but you see the hurt. You see the, the things that God's brought us out of. Don't look back. When God says, I want to destroy that, I want to tear it down. Don't, don't, don't try to go back and revisit. Just keep on letting God fill you with his love, his power, his word. Amen. And don't look back. Look what it says in Philippians. Philippians three. Such a great chapter. Philippians 3 and verse 13, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I love that. I love how Paul says, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you all the things that God has done in me and through me. But you know what? I'm not where I need to be yet. Amen. Don't settle in, church. There's still higher heights for you. There's still deeper depths for you. Don't get comfortable. Don't act like you've got, got it all figured out. Keep on learning. Keep on growing. But listen, he said, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Paul had some things he needed to deal with. You know, he, he caused a lot of trouble in Christians' lives. Right? He, he, he had some guilt and, uh, of some of the, the, the hurt that he had caused. 
There's no working around that. He had done it. He hated Christians. He hated Jesus. He fought against the church, right? I got to forget all that. I'm new now. I got to I got to just pursue a life filled with Jesus. But I also believe Paul had to go ahead. If he was going to press towards the mark, if he was going to try to keep on growing and keep on learning, he could not live in past victories either. He couldn't hold on and say, hey, let me tell you what I did last year or 10 years ago or 30 years ago. He had to say, you know what? That's not that's not enough for today. I need to keep on loving God, serving God, walking in his spirit today. I need to keep growing my relationship with him today. Amen. Forgetting those things which are behind. I've got, I can't allow myself to be satisfied with yesterday's victories. I can't allow myself to be destroyed by yesterday's defeats. I've got to deal with that. Thank God for what he is doing in my life and keep on pressing towards the mark. Look what it says. Reaching forth unto those things which are before. Talked about a generation today, this morning, that lacks motivation, lacks inspiration. Oh, let the church, praise God, never get complacent. Let God's people never lose their passion to say, God, am I living today what I should be living for you? Amen. Whatever you're doing for God, put your heart into it. Whatever door opens up for you, put your heart into it. Whatever day God gives you, thank him for it. And what your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart unto the Lord. He said, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. See, I'll tell you what the mark is. I'll tell you exactly what the goal is. A lot of people think, well, I'm better than, than this person, so I'm, I'm okay. Um, I'm better than that person, so I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Hey, I, I think uh, it's a good idea to say I want to be better than I was before, but I'm not even telling you that. The mark is, is Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us that the perfecting of the saints, God's wanting us to be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Isn't that what the Bible says? There's, you're not lacking in anything that God has for you. That's a process that we are reaching toward. Amen. Filled with all the fullness is what the word says. I'm not allowing myself. If there's more for me, God, I want it. If there's something more I could be doing, I want to be doing it. Amen. If there's a way that I can be closer to God, I want to do it. Amen. Pressing towards the mark. Are we living and loving like Jesus? We are the body of Christ. Every one of us needs to be learning and growing and being more and more like him. That's the mark. That's the mark we fall short of. It's not the mark that any of us can say, hey, you know what? I'm, uh, you could use some work. <laughs> say it to the mirror. Amen. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more filled with his love, his mercy, his truth, his righteousness. That's the mark. Are you pressing toward it today? Or have you just settled in to feel like, I'm good enough? This world, look at them. Hey, that's the danger. I'm telling you to look at this world and how mixed up, sinful this world is and feel like you can just kind of cruise now. No, press toward the mark. That's what Paul said he was doing. That's what we need to do today. Don't look back. There's so much more ahead of us. There's so much more that we can see God accomplishing in our lives. There's not enough 
of the power of God in our lives. There's not enough of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. There's not enough of the gifts of the Spirit in our lives. There's not enough. We need to keep pressing towards the mark. But don't look back. Don't look back. God's trying to take some things so far from you that it's never even a thought anymore. You know, the children of Israel... They're constantly looking back, constantly talking about going back to Egypt, constantly thinking we can go back to an old life. And Moses, you're just leading us in this wilderness. You're just a mess. And we can't stand that you just keep pushing us toward this promised land. Let's go back to Egypt. What a, what a, what a foolish thing. And the Bible says that they, they were mindful of that old life. And it gave them an opportunity. When your thoughts start right there in prayer, when your thoughts start wondering, thinking about the old life, romanticizing and making it something it never really was. And, and it starts making you think maybe just maybe I could look back for a little while. Don't look back. Don't look back. Keep on pressing forward. God's got answers for you. God's got help and strength for you. Don't look back. Can we bow our heads in prayer? I know there's some here in this service today that maybe... You're blessed because you've been brought up by parents that care about you and have brought you to church your whole life. You still needed a Savior. You still needed God's salvation. You know that. But sometimes the world tempts you. Sometimes... It's not so much looking back to your old life, but looking back to things that are beneath you, the things that are behind you, this world and the loving of this world. Keep your eyes on God. Look up. Look to Jesus. Sin paints a pretty picture. But the wages of sin is death. Keep looking to Him. Looking unto Jesus, it says in the book of Hebrews, the author and the finisher of our faith. Look to Him. Bible continually tells us to keep looking to Him. The old hymn says the things of this world will grow strangely dim. Keep pressing towards the cross. Keep pressing towards Him. And don't look Can we find a place to pray? God, you're so good. Talk to us, Lord.
so appealing but listen that's behind you now don't look back God's got help for you God's got strength for you don't give up keep pressing forward hallelujah if you're struggling and you're hurting and you've been praying but it just doesn't seem like you're getting any better reach out for help reach out for help Lord, it's, it's not easy, but God, we look to you for strength and help every day, Lord. But Lord, help us, remind us, God, that there's nothing that there. There's nothing, Lord, but, but death, God. Help us to continue to press on in you. Lord, bless each one, God. Keep us as we travel, Lord, I pray, and keep us in health and in safety. God, just bless each one. Use us, Lord, throughout this week for your glory. Thank you so much for it, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.